Go bump in the night, chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright, thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the nerds from the Crypt Podcast. Welcome back to Creators from the Crypt, where we invite indie creators to join us and speak about their horror-related projects. Remember that these episodes will not have a specific date or schedule for them to be released as that we do we try to get the creators on the line for interviews during their crowdsourcing campaigns. I do want to apologize of how late this episode is coming out compared to when we recorded it. I had a blast talking to Michael Stark on the podcast as we talk about his creation, Wolverton, Thief of Impossible Objects. Well, without further ado, let me go ahead and take you to our call with Michael Stark. Mr. Michael Stark, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm glad we're we're finally able to <laughs> to get this interview. Uh, we've been trying to do it for what about two months now. Yeah, no, no fault of anyone. Just the stars <laughs> were not aligned. Yeah, yeah. It was more and more on our end. We 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 took a little bit of a layoff uh, beginning of the year, but uh, we're back and we're 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 firing an onslaught, uh, releasing a couple episodes uh, every every other week. Uh, so, Michael. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself um, before we we talk about uh, the comic? Sure. Uh, let's see. How can I be uh, make my story very charming? Uh, I'm uh, from New York City, uh, Long Island, uh, actually, uh, living in Atlanta uh, about 15 years now. Uh, went to NYU Film School. I wanted to be a screenwriter since uh, I saw. A Day for Night, Truffaut's movie uh, on PBS growing up, and uh, just just always wanted to write movies after that, and then uh, saw some Boonwell movies also on PBS, and ooh, I want to do that. So I went to NYU Film School uh, immediately after high school, and just uh, wanted to write movies, and... uh, you know, it doesn't always come off as planned. I went into the family business, which was a chain of language schools, which was uh, really fun because it meant, uh, you know, doing marketing trips all over the world. And uh, so it took a while to, to sell my first screenplay. And uh, after that, got uh, extremely sick with some mysterious illness, which they thought was Lou Gehrig's disease. And was actually given just a few months to live, and basically I told uh, my agent and a few studio heads to uh, screw off. Uh, that's, that's the nice version. And uh, then didn't die. <laughs> it's like, oh no. So that kind of curtailed my Hollywood career for, for some years and was trying to resurrect it. And Wolverton was one of the scripts that uh came out a few years ago that we were, uh, you know, I took on a writing partner, Terrell, and uh, just uh, trying to resurrect this old career with this, you know, fun action script, and it was set up at Fox for a little bit of time, and then uh, I guess the person who championed it left uh, the company, and it just, everything fell apart, and when we tried to resell it, everyone was... Uh, this has to be a comic book first. This has to be a comic book first. And uh, we eventually made it a comic book first, and that's what you have in your hot little hands. <laughs> and it, I have to say, the, it, the whole 
being a screenwriter first and wanting it to be a movie makes total sense. It kind of it really does come off as a like a movie playing in my head while I was reading it. And, and you're not actually you're not the first person I talked to that that has been told you know they want to make a movie, but it, it has to be a comic book first. So that's, I guess they they can gauge the reaction or what is it that that I, I, I think the the thing in Hollywood right now. Um, is everything has to be uh, an IP. It has to be existing mm-hmm. material. And it doesn't even matter if, you know, no one has read it. You know, when uh, we kept getting, you know, the, the, you know, let me backtrack. Hollywood now is different from when I was working in it. It's more for writers uh, getting you to work for free, giving free options, giving free rewrites. So just when I say, hey, this was set up at a studio, it doesn't mean we made a hell of a lot of money. We actually made mm-hmm. no money. Uh, and I'm at an age where working for free is just not a thing. You know? Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, and, uh, you know, I keep telling people, never work for free, never work for free. <laughs> and you keep hearing, uh, well, the exposure, the exposure. So, you know, for the, the artists, for the book, you know, they didn't work for free. We paid them, and you know, mm-hmm. we're uh, we're two broke schlubs in Georgia. You know, so we scraped together the money to pay them. So, you know, uh, it, it was terrible that we kept getting uh, all these gigs uh, to adapt different comic books, which no one has heard of, and you know, different books no one has heard of. And, uh, you know, they were getting free options on this material, too. And then they expect us to write for free. It's like, yeah, I don't own this. I'm not going to do it. So, yeah, it, it, it's really hard out there. And what is your history as far as the um, the genre of, let's say, the horror or supernatural or occult kind of things? Uh, you know, always loved it. Uh, I'm thinking I, I do have a hard TV show uh, that I'm starting to get ready to pitch, and that that's slowly going out. Uh, and we could talk about that later. Uh, you know, always fascinated. Uh, you know, Wolverton has horror elements; it has uh, mm-hmm. supernatural elements, but it's it's more a throwback to uh, swashbuckling action adventure. Oh yeah, that that comes off real easily and. Right away, actually, in the first couple of panels, I like the the fact that he's not portrayed as someone who is perfect in his, what he does. Um, he does have hiccups here and there, and and um, there's some comedy to it. It's not a funny situation, but funny things are happening to him or here and there, you know. Oh yeah, there's you know there's comedy mind in in everything. It, it, it's very mm-hmm. close to uh, you know an Errol Flynn or Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raiders of the Lost are kind of, uh, you know, action, but, but, uh, lighthearted. There's, the, and, uh, the, the dialogue is very screwball, or, uh, you know, I, I keep trying to pitch the comic book. You know, this may be a generational thing, not everyone's gonna get it, but, uh, a null coward hero in a Deadpool world. So. <laughs> You know, it's, it has Noel Coward bits, it has P.J. Wodehouse bits, uh, you know, and we're, we're two guys who've never been to England, but we were writing it with, you know, terrible British accents the whole time. <laughs> and where did the design of Wolverton come from? How, how did that come about? 
the design of, of the character or uh, the the uh, the concept itself? Um, let's talk about the let's talk about the concept first, and then we'll okay. talk about the character. Uh, you know, again, uh, Carol and I are getting known in Hollywood again. Uh, and we're getting known for writing crazy action adventure set pieces, just like insane stuff, but expensive stuff that, you know, is very hard to sell. So we're looking for something new to do, and I had an old, uh, Gentleman Thief script that, you know, way back in the day, uh, you know, I was trying to get Sean Connery interested in, you know, so this is, this is old, one of the first things I had written. Before and I was ruined by that that one movie we won't talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we, we won't talk about that. Uh, and I actually like that movie, but not not related, not you know compared to the comic book. No, but yeah. uh, he later would do Entrapment, which was very much a gentleman thief movie. So uh, you know, then that was a dead project. But I, you know, I, I was telling Terrell about it, and he he's actually yawning. He's just bored, and he's like. He can't do a modern-day gentleman thief, you know. How How is he going to charm himself into a locked room, you know, with modern-day uh, burglar alarms? You know, it just, just can't be done. I'm like, all right, what if, you know, right, uh, returning right back to him, what if uh, uh, it's Victorian England and he only steals magical items like the portraits of Dorian Gray and the enchanted monkey's paw? And suddenly, you know, he leans forward. It's like, ah, okay, I got him. We're on to something. <laughs> so basically, Wolverton came out of, you know, trying to call my writing partner an asshole. You know, just like a retort. <laughs> and like we both said, hey, that's a great idea. You know, it's kind of a joke. And we just then sat down to write it. And uh, again, you know, trying to sell a, a very expensive period piece to Hollywood is like, not the smartest thing you can do. You really need to write mm-hmm. something you could shoot, you know, on your cell phone. It's what they want right now, you know, no budget like that. So, uh, again, has to be a comic book first. And how about um, the design of Wolverton himself? Uh, we worked our uh, artist, uh, Derek uh, Rodenbeck, uh you know, we gave him the screenplay, and he's a guy who really loves to do research. And, you know, a few weeks later, he's still researching. And we're like, stop researching. <laughs> Just start drawing. But, uh, you know, he really went into the element, and we're like, you know, it doesn't have to be totally Edwardian England. Uh, you can't say they didn't have this kind of underwear back then. But... <laughs> You know, we worked very closely together. One of the things with his uniform was, you know, I didn't want it to look like a superhero. I didn't want it to look like Daredevil or Batman's uniform. Uh, So one of the things we did was uh, to give him, you know, his leather cat burglar outfit to look almost like an evening wear with, um, I can't think of the words, Uh, you know, the way the collar is and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we try to keep to the time. We try to make it something, you know, that comic book fans 
would still uh, find eye-catching. So, no, I think he did a really good job. He, you know, it's amazing that we have an idea in our head, and we gave him actors to look at, but more golden age of Hollywood actors to look at. So, you know, there's some Errol Flynn in Wolverton, and one of the things I, you know, we told him was, Wolverton is hyperkinetic. He's in movement all the time. So, you know, in some panels, you even see his hair moving. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think he did a knockout job. Oh, yeah. It, look, it looks amazing. And and I know we know, um, well, I know because I got a, a preview, is that he's not working alone. Um, so without, like, spoiling anything, what is it that you would like for us, for our listeners to, to know about why Wolverton's doing this, or what is what what is he doing in the for the series? Uh, all right, let me get some more coffee. <laughs> Not quite awake yet. Uh, Wolverton is a gentleman thief who specializes in magical items, but he really, really, really hates magic. So he's kind of fighting uh, bad mojo with uh, science. And uh, you don't quite see him yet in the first issue he's hinted at, but, you know, his cue is, you know, H.G. Wells, and uh, who plays a much bigger part uh, moving forward. Uh, And uh, what's happening, it's taking place before World War One, you know, this turn of the century England, uh, science is sort of uh, getting a foothold over superstition and magic. Uh, magic is illegal. Uh, there's a new king about to be uh, coronated. But someone is stealing all the magical items uh, around the world. And Wolverton is part of a sect that... Uh, which, you know, in the comic book you see a little bit of the backstory, which we did as prose, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, about his dad, who kind of had the same job uh, that he took on uh, many years before. So he's part of a group that uh, wants to keep magic out of bad hands. So, you know, with a war about to break in England, you know, having... Portrait of the Dorian Gray or the Enchanted Monkey's Paw really is going to uh, switch, you know, help decide who has it. Mm-hmm. So we see that there is a collector. We're not quite sure who that is. We're given a hint, which may or may not be who that person is. So, uh, you know, we play with some of the literary characters and historical characters of that time. And, uh, the whole thing with the monkey paw, we, I mean, I'm pretty sure anybody listening, or at least mostly everybody listening, knows the consequences of using the monkey paw. Yeah, you you have to be careful of what you wish for. So, yeah, so that that comes into play. What else do you think that uh, you would like people to know about the, the Wolverton? Uh, well, I hope people buy a copy oh, to yeah. help a, a couple of schlubs out. Uh <laughs> I think you'll. Uh, I think your fans will enjoy it. it. It's not straight horror. It's more, you know, uh, 
don't know, alternative oh. history mm-hmm. or sci-fi. You know, it it's kind of steampunk. It 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 has a lot of genre mashup elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you like the the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you like this. And in fact. The people who had optioned Wolverton went on to option League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You know, that's oh, going nice. through yet, yeah. yet another reboot, but it's like, really? <laughs> you know, you gave up on us, but uh, you're going for this, which... Okay, and that's so nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, what about us? Or let us write it. Uh, so, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's, uh, it's a rollicking adventure story, I, I I think it's yeah. fun. Uh, it's, you know, I'll warn your readers who are comic book buffs, it is incredibly old-fashioned. It has a lot of prose. Uh, I'm someone who really hasn't read a lot of comic books for 20 years, so it is a throwback to the stuff I grew up on. And, you know, when you're paying for your own, co- you know, projects, I'll do what I want. So, <laughs> No, it, and it really is um, very entertaining. It's easy to follow, even with a lot of action. It is easy to follow. That's something that I always look at, because there is times that there's a lot of action and there's a lot of uh, what is it dialogue, and you don't know what way to go with with the with the dialogue, and it kind of throws you off. But this, even with the action, it's very easy to follow. Very easy to to read. You. you don't get lost. Thank you. I I recommend. Um, anyone who is listening to to go out there and um, and buy this comic book, where can where can people find? It? Uh, we are, be, you know, the, one of the problems of being an indie comic book is you it's not easy to get distribution, and there is, I'm sure your comic book fans know, only one distributor in the world. It's sort of like, you know, that's a monopoly. So we did not get. In with them, so I've been willy lomaning them around the country, which is a hard and time consuming. So we are in some choice cities, you know, if anyone is in Atlanta, we're all over Atlanta. Uh, we're in Austin, we're in Nashville, we're in Brooklyn, we're on Long Island, uh, but not everywhere. But you could get them from us, and if someone says, they heard about us on your podcast, we will do a BOGO sale and give you two copies for the price of one because I would like to walk into my garage one day and, you know, not (laughs) trip over them like Dick Van Dyke in the beginning of his show. So uh, you go to our website. Let's see. I think it's www.wolvertoncomicbook.com, and you could order direct from us. And I'll go ahead and make sure to put the link in the description. Huzzah. Thank you. And uh, was this done through, like, say, something like Kickstarter? How was this uh, funded? You know, this is funny. I have to say, I totally, all of us, you know, Derek a little less because he went to uh, comic book school. But, uh, you know, this is our first comic book where we were a little naive. And I guess I wanted no one to talk us out of this. So, you know. If you ask me how to make a movie, I would sit you down for three hours and give you a lecture and, you know, in a way try and dissuade you from it. But no one did that to us. So this came out of our pockets, uh, you know, Terrell and I's. Um, 
But we did a Kickstarter later when we were pretty much done to pay for the printing. So, you know, the printing was paid for, but the art cost, the marketing, uh, all came out of us. So, uh, boy, you know, when, <laughs> when, when, it's so funny when, you know, every producer we're talking to is saying, it has to be a comic book first. It has to be a comic book first. After about two years, we said, how hard can it be to make it a comic book? It's like, you know, after losing most of my hair, a uh, steady diet of Tums and Imodium, it's like, you know, it's really hard to make a comic book. And, uh, wow, I'm just impressed by, if you go to Kickstarter, you see, you know, 50 comic books coming out, you know, a month. And it's like indie comic books, like totally mm-hmm. indie. And it's like, you know more power to you guys because this is hard <laughs> so going on for the future of of the series um are you gonna try to do it alone or self self-finance or yeah, we we, we were hoping we would get picked up you know though we're in atlanta we had the issue come out really two days we we got we went through Craig and Print, who to us were fantastic. You know, they were holding my hand the, the whole time, and they were able to rush us through where we got it done for Dragon Con in Atlanta. And I had a friend who had a booth and gave us, you know, a free sliver of his booth. So, you know, we're able to talk to different creators, talk to different comic book companies. Um, I just hope that someone would take us on so we didn't have to go through this uh, very stressful thing again. But uh, no one has taken us on. So uh, we will, you know, things of life have gotten in our way to put out the second issue, but it will eventually come out. Um, so I think maybe by this summer, look for a uh, a Kickstarter again. Oh yeah, and let us know when that that starts to to materialize and thank you. We'll be we'll be more than happy to to not only plug it but um we'll we'll be more than happy to bring you back on to talk about that in the next next Great. chapter in the in the series. Thanks. You so, know, if I, if I haven't died of a heart attack first. <laughs> I have heard time and time again it's very very stressful so I I I don't understand but I I hear where you're coming from. Well, you know, when you go from uh, creator, artist to, uh, you know, publisher, it, it's a whole different world. And suddenly, you know, I want to give our artists space and time. And then it's like, wait, no, you can't go on vacation. <laughs> you have to finish this. So, uh, it was a different world for me. And now I see, you know, when I used to write for different magazines – and the edit, you know, I'm like, oh, those poor editors, what I must have put them through. So now I know. <laughs> so earlier you had talked about a a horror show or horror series. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, once again, uh, I'm without agent or manager, so it is starting all over again. But uh, uh, trying to pitch a series called Avenue C Exorcist which is, you know, something I was trying to write as a novel probably about 10 years ago. Then Terrell and I bastardized the idea and made it a crazy comedy, and now it's back to its kind of noir roots about a um, a former 
child evangelist who throws away his calling, moves to New York uh, to become a grumpy record store owner on the Lower East Side, and uh, he is called back into uh, supernatural warfare. Yeah, it's very in, in the style of sort of like the Joe Pitt uh, vampire books, you know, very mm-hmm. noir, lots of voiceover. Uh, and, you know, there there are parts of Atlanta that look like New York City, so we hope to be able to film it here. Well, that would be another another reason to have you back on the show when, right. when that, starts, that starts kicking up. <laughs> All right, so um, let me just ask you this. As, as far as um, – Movies? Anything that any horror movies, any supernatural movies that you that you watch that you like watching in our TV shows or anything like that? Well, you know anything superhero wise, you know pretty much everything like Gotham to every Marvel movie. Uh, you know we live right by where they filmed The Walking Dead, so and all the Marvel movies. So you know, of course, still watching The Walking Dead, even though. Um, I guess I'm not allowed to say that. You know, the season's a little iffy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's a um, consensus going around, though. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, we were able to get the comic book into uh, many of the actors there, you know, because we have so many friends that are working on the show. And same with uh, Pinewood Studios, where all the Marvel stuff is going on. So I hope saying that didn't lose anybody a job. Uh, Shape of Water, I think, is one of the best movies I've seen in 30 years. I just uh, loved it. Uh, Something like, wow, they wrote that movie for me. That's just hit every one of my buttons. Well, normally I think Del Toro, he just hits it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, it's just gorgeous. (laughs) And, uh, you know, any... Creature from the Black Lagoon fan, and you know that's my favorite Universal monster movie. So you know that's just a Valentine to to old movies. So anything retro is great. Well, hopefully uh, Universal can get their their things together and actually try to restart the Monster Universe again, again. Well, you know, it's funny when we were uh, Terrell and I were in Hollywood, Gus, the anniversary of when we were pitching Wolverden, you know, after our studio deal fell apart, we went pitching it to other people. Uh, we had a great way to reboot all those Universal Monster movies, which I'm sure every other screenwriter had too, but ours, they should have gone with us, <laughs> is all I can say. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's every kid's dream and uh, actually one of the people that were interested in, in Wolverton was Arkham House they started making movies um, they're of course the publishers who did all the H.P. Lovecraft mm-hmm. so it's like that would have been a dream come true because they wanted to do it as a graphic novel and then a movie but you know it's very easy for deals to go south that's what I've been hearing. <laughs> yeah. I that's mean, what I've been hearing. I have hundreds of Hollywood stories of my career going south, you know, back in the late 90s. So, you know, it's just – it might be the uh, – my life being partially gypsy curse and French farce. 
Let's get back to Wolverton real quick here. You had said uh, since it was pitched first as a movie, uh, and you even thought of maybe Sean Connery you were wanting. Is there anyone? Oh, no. uh, Oh, well, no. The Sean Connery thing was way back, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And people were pitching, you know, uh, Dan Stevens would be perfect, Tom Hilston would be perfect, uh, Michael Fassbender would be perfect. Uh, oh, know, I can, yeah, I can see Michael Fassbender. You know, you don't, in the first issue, you don't meet yet. You see a partial of the villain, but you don't meet his romantic foil. So there were actually three leads for good-looking, charismatic British men. So, you know, there's just a ton of people where we would just rattle them off and they could play any of these three starring roles. So that was what attracted um, a lot of producers to it. But, no, unfortunately, it's it's a $150 million movie to make. There's a lot of special effects. It's a period piece. It's a hard sell. So you would-be screenwriters out there, don't be so imaginative. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, the original Planet of the Apes screen screenwrite or screen um, play from Rod Serling. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was then declined because of how expensive it was going to be, but they ended they ended up using his ending. Uh, so I yeah it's I I'm I know it's been happening for for a while. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's nothing. New. Great storytelling, but it's, yeah. it's a um, you can write the best story, but if the the studios don't want to invest in it, I mean, right? Yeah, and I, um, you know, I don't blame them because even I'm trying to think of an example, but even things based on existing properties, you know, books mm-hmm. that are quite famous are bombing at the box office. Uh, well, like Fantastic Four. <laughs> oh, all right, that's a great example. But that—that's something that just was not done well. Properly, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just a dumpster fire of, of everything, unfortunately. But um, you know, well, there, there, there's some well, good stuff. It's very, it, it, it. I could see that they're risk adverse, but mm-hmm. uh, I still want them to buy our. Fucking comic book already. <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, no, no, yeah. Um, I want to see it on the on the big screen. Um, it seems like the, the series is going to be awesome. I recommend anyone listening to go out there. I'll leave the descri- the link in the description to make sure you guys go out there and support. You heard him. If you say you heard it on the on the um, on the podcast, you'll get. Uh, you said what? Two for one. Two for one. Bogo. Oh. There you go. So um, before we leave, um, is there anything else you want to go ahead and add? Maybe, you know, anything we may have forgotten or anything that you oh, – No, I, I, I hope I, uh, I didn't sound too much like a schmuck uh, on this. But, you know, no, when no, you no. start talking about yourself, what can you do? Um, well, uh, we've, I think the, the listeners uh, get tired of hearing me because I'm, I'm on every episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Really, you know – uh, the response, the reviews, you know, uh, uh, getting f- people writing fan letters is just, you know, amazing to us. And, you know, write, uh, when you write a screenplay that doesn't sell 
or uh, goes into development hell, you know, what do you do with it? It, it ends up in a junk drawer. And we just wanted to give Wolverton, we, we loved it so much, we wanted to give it this balls-out Viking funeral that was probably going to bankrupt us in the process, which it almost did. But uh, to, just to, to send it out to the world. And, you know, it's our first comic book, so I hope people grade us on a curve. But so many people uh, do like it, and they like that it's so old-fashioned. So uh, just really getting a good review or getting uh, an email from someone just really makes my day. So it's just I'm really glad we, we, we took the chance on it. And you say you had taken it out to a con when it first came out. Is that still happening, or is that no longer Well, happening? you know, the, again, if, if I had re- researched, what do you do after you make your first comic book? And the lifestyle of going to different cons is like, gee, this is not what I signed on for. <laughs> I wanted to get it to, you know, get this in Tom Hilston's hands, and he would option it, and and that, and that would be it. And then everyone would be, you know, he would tweet about it, and then everyone would be buying copies, and I'll just sit here and light cigars with dollar bills. But uh, that did not happen. Um, it's, a, it's a lifestyle of going to cons, and I just, like, they're not free. They're scattered around the Americas. I can't do this. Um, uh, we've gone to a few. Uh, and uh, we actually have a new one uh, uh, competing with Dragon Con in Atlanta that I would like to check out. But um, well, we'll be at Dragon Con again as civilians, I think. And, you know, we'll always have an issue uh, in, in our backpacks to give you, you know. <laughs> well, that's, that's or to try and sell you. <laughs> Try to sell them then if not. Um, well, we ran into like Ming Chen from uh, Comic Book Man, and you know, he he was very enthusiastic, so that, that oh, was nice. nice. Yeah. But um, and I'm not going to say who, but a big star just actually used their own money to pay for a copy. Somehow he saw us talking about him on Twitter, so that was neat. I was like, whoa, you know, he's one there of the guys. Uh, when we're pitching around Hollywood, whose name was mentioned, so. There you go. Uh, well, let's let's start a hashtag, hashtag uh, Tom Hiddleston for Wolverton. <laughs> or, or many <laughs> others like Dan Stevens. Or many or, others. Someone uh, for. Or anybody. <laughs> or anybody. <laughs> All right. Let's okay. Let's make it this uh, hashtag. Let's get Wolverton made or something like that. Yeah, or you know we could start a Kickstarter and try and raise 150 million dollars ourselves, but that may <laughs> that may take a while. Yeah, and I may just end up in days. Brazil with that money. <laughs> All right, so uh, want to go ahead and thank you once again for for taking your time to to talk to us and for well, giving us the information about about the comic book. Great, and uh, thank you for having me on and and listening to me uh, spiel about it this whole time. Oh, I I love doing this. So, like I said, anything else that comes out comes um, your way or anything, let us know, and we'll be more than happy to have you back on the show. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us back here on Nerd from the Crypt. We'll we'll um, like once again. I know I said it like two or three times already. We'll have all the descript all the links in the description, so you guys can reach out to to Michael or or, or purchase your or find a way to purchase 
the comic book. So you guys um, head out there and make sure to support the comic. We'll see you guys next time, and we'll see you here on Nerf in the Crypt. Thank you. It's your turn to be afraid. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt Podcast.